Sycamore's Making History is brought to you by the Department of History at Indiana State University in Terre Haute, Indiana. Hosted by Caleb Fleshner, a Terre Haute attorney and 2012 history alum, the podcast highlights the stories and contributions of students, faculty, alumni, and friends of the ISU Department of History. Thank you for joining us. All right, well, um, my name is Caleb Fleshner. Uh, I am an alumnus of Indiana State University and of the History Department, and we're here for our very first episode of the Sycamores Making History podcast. And we have our two first guests. If uh, we'll go ahead and let you guys uh, introduce yourself, and we'll kind of take it from there. Um, my name is Stephanie Bellaveri. I'm a senior at Indiana State University. I will be graduating this May. And after graduation, I will be at Montezuma National Monument Castle, which is in Camp Verde, Arizona. I'm Andrea Arrington Sirwa. I am an associate professor in the Department of History. I'm also part of the African and African American Studies program. Uh, and I joined the faculty at ISU in uh, 2015. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Stephanie and uh, uh, Dr. Arrington. Is it all right if I call you Andrea? Or? Yeah, yeah, please, please do. Okay. All right. Well, thank you both for uh, joining uh, our very first episode. And uh, to start it off, I, I kind of wanted to just uh, kind of get to know you both. And I, I typically, I'm a lawyer, so I typically ask a lot of questions. So if I ask too many, just stop me. Or you know, if you want to direct it a different way, let me know. Uh, first of all, uh, tell me, uh, Stephanie, you... Uh, you're a senior uh, at Indiana State. Um, you're probably busy studying, uh, working a lot. Tell us what's something that you do uh, to kind of take your mind off of studying. What's something fun? Favorite movie, favorite TV show, uh, something like that. So I'm a big like movie and TV person. So you will probably see me in my room watching Netflix or watching Hulu, something I'm uh, streaming so like the past few days I've been watching uh, my favorite TV show which is Psych uh, just because it's so goofy um, the humor is hilarious uh, it's a t uh, detective show so I love uh, crime uh, TV shows like uh, Law and Order is another good one I've been uh, re-watching with my brother and then I also love watching movies I recently watched uh, Shawshank Redemption which has now become, mm. yeah, which has now become one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, so, like, I mostly spend my time watching movies and TV shows to get my mind off of studying and homework and <laughs> all the other stresses of being a senior in college. <laughs> okay, and uh, Andrea, when you're not molding the future minds of Indiana right. State uh, <laughs> with uh, um, uh, your classes on, I believe, African history and African mm -hmm. women's history, uh, tell us what some of the things you do. Do you, uh, do you have a family? Do you? Uh, what's some of the stuff you like to do uh, outside of Indiana State? Uh, I am the mother of two young children. Um, I have a third grader and a kindergartner. I have two dogs. I have one husband, which is is plenty. Uh, <laughs> uh, we I don't know. I think we're a pretty typical family. 
Um, I'm glad you didn't ask me about TV shows because Stephanie sounds like she has a sophisticated palate and I watch reality shows. So (laughs) I would have been embarrassed to talk too much about that. Um, But my kids are both involved in sports. Um, When there's time, I try and go out for dog walks and and runs. Um, And I like to swim. And then if, if I if I get a break from molding the young minds at Indiana State University, um, you are apt to find me either with my family or um, reading or baking. I like to bake. Um, and ideally, I would do all of this from a beach home somewhere. But instead, <laughs> I'm in Terre Haute. <laughs> We're in Terre Haute, Indiana. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like to tell, or say, Stephanie, I know you mentioned Law and & Order and crime shows. I always laugh that none of those are actually anywhere close to what is true. Inevitably, I, I watch that, yeah. <laughs> Inevitably, I watch it. I'm like, well, that's not how that happens. That's not why I went to law school. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Stephanie, um, let's start with you. The, the purpose of this podcast uh, and for our audience as well is to both honor uh, graduating seniors as well as um, to kind of uh, highlight faculty members due to the COVID-19 crisis, Indiana State has, uh, much like everyone else, moved to remote learning uh, and, and teaching from home. Commencement uh, has been canceled, has now been uh, moved to remotely as well. So tip, the typical things that uh, students are normally allowed to do or even um, you know, highlighting professors or instructors, uh, we've not been able to do that here at Indiana State. So we've kind of wanted to highlight uh, some of our uh, seniors, especially in the Department of History, as well as our faculty members. So for you, Stephanie, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you did uh, prior to coming to Indiana State? So what what made you, uh, one, want to come to Indiana State? Uh, two, uh, what, uh, what experiences kind of led you to Indiana State and especially eventually uh, led you to the History Department? So one of the big reasons why I came to Indiana State University is because it's relatively close from my hometown in Indianapolis. I didn't want to go too far away from home because I uh, love uh, my family and we're very close to one another. So I wanted to be somewhere where I was close enough to home but also far away enough uh, from home. And that Indiana State also is a very uh, medium-sized college. When I went to college visits like in Purdue or Indiana, uh, it was very big and a little overwhelming. Whereas Indiana State, it was small enough, but not too small where I could see different people every day. Uh, I liked the class sizes. There was, you know, the max I have is like 20 kids in my class, which is good enough because the professor and I can have a good working relationship, uh, which is really nice. And I just love the sense of community here at Indiana State, the community with uh, Terre Haute, and I love being part of that sense of community that Indiana State has. And then as for like being part of the history department, I when I first came to Indiana State, I was an uh, exploratory student. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had so many interests that I had, but I just couldn't narrow down. And then by the end of my freshman year, I declared a environmental slash an archaeology major. And I liked it for like a good semester or so, <laughs> but I realized I didn't wasn't a big fan of science. 
as mm. I thought it would be. So no Indiana Jones or anything like that? <laughs> so no, not too much Indiana Jones. I like the adventure part of Indiana Jones, but when you get to the science part, you kind of threw me off. <laughs> but I like researching. I like um, just I basically like history, American history specifically. I uh, just love like learning about the past more and uh, connecting it to the present. So I basically had a meeting with Dr. Stoffern and we talked about what this uh, major could do for me and I realized uh, it was a great opportunity and I enjoyed all my classes and it put me where I wanted to be now. Well, that's great. And uh, Andrea, to kind of follow up on that, um, I, I understand that you, uh, when uh, your undergrad, uh, you also studied history, obviously, since you teach it, and you went mm -hmm. to Knox College. Yep. Um, how is uh, kind of your experience similar, different uh, from Stephanie's? How's Knox College compared to Indiana State and kind of the small atmosphere that Stephanie and, and both myself, when I went, kind of enjoyed? Mm -hmm. Well, so let me be clear. I love um, both ISU and Knox College, but I was definitely um, looking for a small college experience when I was an undergrad. Um, it's funny, Stephanie was talking about why she um, chose to stay sort of close to home but had enough distance. My dad was actually my high school history teacher so <laughs> so you can see why I like history um, and because I had him always kind of down the hall for me or even in the same classroom for me I decided when I was looking for colleges um, that I needed to have a little more distance because I needed to kind of find out who I was. Um, so I collected, so I don't know, Stephanie, how it works now, but back in the day, uh, universities and colleges started sending out, they would send out brochures and, and flyers. Emails. Oh, they sent so, out emails. yeah. You guys are so digital. Well, I was, <laughs> I, I'm a little older than that. So we used to get all this mail, and basically I collected this big garbage bag um, of schools that had at least one state between me and my family. I grew up in Oklahoma, so there was a one state rule. And then, um, I wanted a small school so I threw out any of the big schools I would have I hate to say it I would have thrown ISU out because that was uh, above the threshold of what I was looking for um, but beyond that I just had this big garbage bag full of brochures from colleges and I didn't really know what to do with it and my dad was starting to get kind of antsy because it was coming up to the point where you know people were going and visiting colleges and we hadn't done that so he said where do you want to visit and I said oh I've got a plan for this and kind of made it seem like I was really you know figuring this out and I went upstairs and I reached my hand into the garbage bag and I pulled <laughs> I just did a blind pull and Knox College brochure came out so I went downstairs and said I really want to go visit Knox College um, so we made a plan and went and visited it and I uh, I loved it. So um, Knox is a school, I think when I was there, my graduating class was about 250 oh um, students. I think it was, I think we had about a thousand students. Um, so a very small campus, but a campus that I really loved. And I have to say, one of the things that I really like about ISU is a lot of what I loved about being on that really small campus at, at Knox, I actually think we do a really good job replicating um, at least in our department, and I'm, I'm biased, of course, but, um, you know, I think it's really important for students to have classes where they can connect with their professor and also with the other students and sort of form a cohort. Um, I love that the history students often 
um, congregate in the the history department or there's a, a history majors uh, office um, kind of lounge area so I love that they do that and I think that our faculty I, I think maybe our students would be surprised how much um, our faculty talk about <laughs> how much we're enjoying certain students in our classes um, I mean that's you know how I first heard of you Caleb people singing your praises Stephanie you haven't had a class with me but I've I know. even though you you know seem to like American history better um, <laughs> I've heard great things about you and so I think we kind of managed to feel like we're on a smaller campus and as a smaller major or as a major where the faculty and the students seem to want those connections, I actually do see a similarity to what I experienced. And and as much as I love Knox, I think that when I was there, there were probably five or six faculty members in the history department. So that kind of limited what I got to study. Whereas I think um, for a school our size and a major our size, we have some really good coverage. And that means our students get to get a pretty good um, good amount of of different areas within the study of history so I like that and I think that that's maybe the advantage of being at a slightly bigger school but you know that one-on-one -on -one time or that face-to-face -face time and I hate to say that since we're all online right now but mm -hmm. um, that's something that I think our department does really well that replicates sort of a smaller school environment you're right. I mean, that even from my time at Indiana State, and I'm sure Stephanie can attest to this as well, is is you do feel, especially in the history department, you do feel uh, this camaraderie of you, you see the same people over uh, and over. You, you're right, you congregate in uh, the lounge. Uh, some of my best friends I still hang around with were the ones I met in history class. I still talk to many of my professors. And it, it, I, I wouldn't have traded that experience for the world to go to any other uh, university to learn history. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So to kind of go into experiences, Stephanie, is there any uh, formative experience that stick out in your mind uh, from your time uh, in either at ISU or specifically in the history department uh, and kind of how that impact has had on you as you have kind of grown from uh, a freshman to now graduating from you know college and moving on into you know the quote unquote real world? Uh, so, like, two things uh, stick out to me right away is I was a junior, and it was my first semester, and I just declared a history major, and I had a class with Dr. Lane, and he brought in people uh, that had, uh, who were majoring in history from, like, different jobs just to, like, see what other, what jobs we can do with a history major. And one of them was a park ranger who worked at uh, George uh, Roger Clark's uh, National Historic Mo uh, Historic Park, and I don't know what it was, but it was it, like a light bulb click. Like, oh, I could, this I could do this. Like, I could be outdoors, which is something I love personally, and then I can also do history at the same time. And so that that day where he brought the ranger in and the ranger talked about what he did as a park ranger at a national park basically inspired me like to actually look into this career i uh, of course i applied for uh an internship later in the, the later next year and that really just stuck out to me at that moment and then another time was again in dr land's class where we had to do a project where we had to go into the Indiana State National Archives and 
pick a topic within the Indiana history, uh, Indiana State history. And so I pick Larry Bird because I'm a huge basketball fan, especially college basketball. And, and he's an Indiana State grad. He can't beat yeah, exactly. that. Exactly. He can't beat, beat that. <laughs> and so I basically did a 25-page paper on the history of Larry Bird within the ISU archives. And I thought it was super cool just looking at all the information that Indiana State had on Larry Bird and the basketball program here at Indiana State University, which totally, I it was mind-blowing. I didn't realize they had that many archives back in the library, which was totally blew me away, basically. So yeah, those were the two moments that kind of stuck out to me while I was at school at Indiana State. Okay, wonderful. Um, and um, Andrea, in terms of, and I understand you went, as we talked about, to Knox College, and then um, I believe you went to uh, graduate studies at Emory University. Yep, that's uh, correct. While you were at uh, Emory University, uh, w was there anything that kind of stuck out, or even Knox College, that stuck out in your mind that ex helped your experience to want to um, you know, be a college professor, to do this kind of scholarly work that you're doing? Uh, and to kind of impart that knowledge on the students? Yeah, I didn't start college thinking I was going to become a professor. Um, I thought I would probably teach high school history. Um, and when I was at Knox for the first two years, I really kind of did a standard course of study for preparing to teach in a high school history classroom. Um, and then I, 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 got a, I got put in a class um, so a class that I had signed up for didn't have enough students. So I, my advisor said, don't worry, I found a different class for you. And it was a class on South African politics, <laughs> which I didn't know anything about. Um, and he said, I just have a feeling you're going to really like this. And I thought he was crazy. Um, but I ended up loving the class. And so at that point, I was sort of making a decision about study abroad. And I thought, well, what the heck, I'll, I'll go to Africa. Um, and I found a program in Zimbabwe, and as it turns out, it was like the last year that people could do study abroad trips uh, to Zimbabwe because starting in late 1999, there was a real downturn there. Um, so I spent six months um, doing, uh, well, I was a student on the University of Zimbabwe campus. I stayed with a host family, which was an, an amazing experience. Um, we had stays on farms for a longer period of time so that we could immerse ourselves in the Shona language. And I i mean, I think I loved every second of it, ex except when I had malaria. I did not love that Ooh. part. But the rest of it, <laughs> I, I, yeah, the rest of it I really thought was great. Um, and there was a day, so I was an honors student at Knox, and there I started working on an honors project while I was there. And there was a moment where I was doing some research and I was interviewing people, um, women who were working in market spaces, open air markets, and I was doing some interviewing and I just thought, well, gosh, I want to do this forever. I mean, I just, uh, there was just this moment of, and even though I was in this chaotic space and I was still trying to get better at using my Shona and it was a little overwhelming, but I just really loved it. And it was at that moment that I realized perhaps high school history teacher was not going to be able to pursue that kind of research experience. And so when I went back um, after my six months in Zimbabwe, I, that really, that moment kind of stayed with me. And I, uh, and here's some, a charming small liberal arts school story. Um, it just so happened in the fall semester after I got back, I ran into a dean 
uh, an arts and sciences dean and he said hey how was that trip to Zimbabwe and I said oh my gosh it was so great but now that I'm back and I'm working on my research write-up um, all I can think about is what other questions I wish I had asked and he said oh yeah that happens a lot and then about two days later I got um, an email and my university or my college had just started really using email and it was from the dean and he said come by my office and I thought oh crap what have I done <laughs> um, and I walked in there and he said I got you some money so you could go back and ask your questions and so he gave That's he so just cool. he awarded me a research grant and um, so that December so my college was on a trimester schedule so we would go home after Thanksgiving and then not return to campus until or we would go home right before Thanksgiving and not return until after the new year. So I spent most of December on a return trip doing my research. And at that moment I realized, okay, I'm, I'm really going to have to turn this into what I do for a living. Um, and that's when I started thinking about graduate school. And to kind of, to stay on you, Andrea, as to kind of the, the area of, of, uh, studies you teach is African history. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about what you're currently working on. Is there a specific project you are focusing on? And kind of uh, tell our audience why you think it matters today. Why should uh, Stephanie or myself or some incoming student to Indiana State care about, you know, what's going on uh, in terms of what work you're doing right yeah. now? I mean, I think that um, if anything, this global pandemic is maybe going to make some of our jobs easier, the history professor's jobs <laughs> easier, because I think so many of us have been making this argument or, you know, creating, producing scholarship about how interconnected we all are. Um, and I think maybe we're a little more aware of that now, that what we thought seemed so far away is now here because we are living in a global world. Um, I'm working on two different projects right now, and one is sort of a long-term project that it actually comes out of my experiences um, with very um, difficult pregnancies. So uh, both of my children were born uh, prematurely. My daughter was born 12 weeks early and my son was born 10 weeks early and I was very ill during my pregnancies and um, and that started to make me think after I well after I recovered from it and could think again <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I started thinking about my friends and my experiences in southern Africa and West Africa and started wondering how uh, women experiencing critical pregnancies um, and then babies who were born prematurely, how they survived, because that happens in other places than the United States, right? So I became really interested in um, basically emergency maternal care and then emergency neonatal care, which is not something that I think most historians have probably spent too much time thinking about. Um, but I, I mean, my interests come from my own personal experiences. So as a mother of two premature babies, I got interested in that. Um, so a couple of summers ago, I went to Zambia, which is where I do some of my research, and um, started visiting hospitals with neonatal units and started learning a little bit more about the history of neonatal care in Zambia, which um, of course is not as widespread or as uh, probably in, uh, you know developed as what we're used to in the United States or other parts of the global north. Um, but there's a really interesting history there and they're doing some really amazing work with really limited resources. So that's one of the projects I'm working on and I, I hope that that's a project that 
people can kind of connect to because everyone loves a baby, right? <laughs> so, um, and so I, I hope that people care about neonatal care everywhere, not just in the United States. Um, the other project that I'm working on, that's a, maybe a shorter term project, but easier for me to manage since I do have two young children still. Um, I'm actually really interested in how uh, social media has become a space for nostalgia um, among former colonial um, settlers. So I'm actually a member of a lot of social media groups that are dedicated spaces for people who, for mostly um, white settlers, white Rhodesians who most, for the most part, do not live in Zimbabwe anymore. So Rhodesia was a colony um, and then it became um, ruled by the white minority population and then in 1980 it became Zimbabwe. So a lot of the white Rhodesians um, do not live in Zimbabwe anymore. They pretty much hate what Zimbabwe has become and they use social media in really interesting, to me as a historian, really interesting ways um, to basically generate this collective nostalgia that is quite obviously missing the point that it was an oppressive racist regime that they led um, and that they propped up, but they, they really see it quite differently. So I'm interested in how um, social media has become this space for colonial nostalgia to kind of bloom and be really weird, but also really interesting. So those are the two things I'm working on. Okay. And um, all of those, you're, you're right, uh, th this pandemic has kind of changed, hopefully, uh, how people are looking at uh, the wor world in a global sense. Um, as I've noticed both uh, in my job uh, for legal purposes, uh, that, you know, hopefully we can spread them out and know that we're not just, you know, people here in Terre Haute or people here in Indiana. Stephanie, I'll kind of ask you a similar question. I know you have not done... Uh, near as much research uh, as Andrea has, no. but kind of, I, I understand, I believe you told us here in the beginning that you are going to be going to work at uh, Montezuma Castle National Monument in Arizona Correct. as a visitor services intern. Tell uh, our audience why you, one, why you are kind of choosing to go that route uh, for your career, and two, why is it uh, important for, you know, the society to know that? So... Yeah, so I decided to go the national park route because I love the outdoors. I My parents have taken my brother and I to numerous different state parks around Indiana. And then when we got a little bit older, we started to expand to like national parks. So like Rocky Mountains, Mammoth Cave, uh, Grand Canyon. So we have been across like different states seeing different uh uh, state parks so I knew I always wanted to be in the outdoors and then of course I love history and so when I realized that you can combine history and with the outdoors I realized that being a park ranger was probably the best uh, career path for me uh, the reason why I picked uh, Montezuma Castle is because I realized that even though I worked at Stones River National Battlefield over the summer I felt like I didn't I only had a short amount of experience, like I only had a small amount of experience during the summer. I never got to experience it, what Stones River was like outside of summer. And so this internship was a, a year-long internship. So I got to see, I, I'm hoping that I get to see like how a national park 
like during the winter months, during the fall months, during the spring months. So different levels of guest interaction, uh, different seasons, how we prepare for certain things. So that's why I picked Montezuma Castle and also because I sort of am familiar with the area. Uh, this past winter, my family and I went to Sedona, Arizona, which is about 45 minutes away from Montezuma Castle. So it's something I'm somewhat familiar with. And I feel like it's important to understand these, especially the smaller national parks, is because they still have a great impact on the world. They still tell a story of how our how our nation became became that we know today. And especially even it's so far past, we can still understand how these people live and how uh, different they were compared to what we live uh, in today's world. Okay. And um, I, I know you're a graduating senior, and to kind of wrap uh, this uh, podcast up um, in terms of what you would like to see or what what is a piece of advice that you would give either to your, your classmates, to incoming college students, uh, in terms of either their career path, uh, what they want to do. Uh, for example, you, when you came to Indiana State, you obviously did not know you were going to be a history major, nor did you kind of anticipate this route. Is there a piece of advice you would offer uh, to students, uh, either, as I said, incoming or current students, uh, to kind of help them choose their career? Yeah, so I would suggest, like, try to test the waters. Like, obviously, when I came into Indiana State, I had so many interests. I first, again, I love the outdoors. I loved history. Um, I love like, so many other things. I just didn't know how to combine that all together. And so, basically, all freshman year, I test different courses. I tried out criminology for a semester. I went into environmental and archaeology uh in another semester like I definitely test like different classes and see which one I fit in which one I liked better and of course it was trial and error so it's okay if you don't like a certain class or you didn't think what you didn't expect what this major was and so that's that's what happened to me I thought I found the major I wanted and then I realized wait this isn't for me I'm not interested in science anymore like I thought it was and so like it's okay to have a few mistakes along the way, trial and error basically, because uh, eventually you're gonna find something that you really enjoy, even if it's like the 10th time you, you know, attempted it again. I, I'd like to add to that. I um, So I do new student orientation advising, and I have a lot of students who seem kind of sheepish when they say to me, well, I'm just doing exploratory studies because I'm, I'm not really sure, and they seem kind of embarrassed. When you're 18 years old, why would you know? I mean, like, why I, mean, would we, I didn't even know. Yeah, like, why would we expect anyone to know? Um, and the, the joy of college, to me, and this is probably really cliche and no one would be surprised a professor says this, is that you get to learn about so much stuff. Oh and gosh, yes. so I think embracing your foundational studies um, courses and using that as a way to, I mean, when else are you, if you're never going to take another psychology class again, you know, again, at least foundational studies offers the opportunity to get to take oh, yes. one, you know? And so, um, I, I think, I understand that students have to be concerned about how long it's going to take to finish and how much money it's going to cost to finish. But I also really wish that that first year in particular, 
um, and even into the second year that students felt like they could explore because who you are on the last day of high school is not who you are going to mm -hmm. be in four years or you know and for our non-traditional students I love when they come back because they've found what they want to do and they have that clear that more clear vision and so I love Stephanie hearing your story about being an exploratory studies major who had to explore for a while nothing mm -hmm. you, you don't lose anything by exploring no you don't um, and how many years did it take you to graduate uh, it will take me four years. So, so I did. you stayed on track. Yeah, God, I'm so glad you didn't answer nine because that would not have, <laughs> that would have been a really bad setup. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it, you didn't lose out on anything and you gained so much. You're still going to love um, archaeology and I bet you still like environmental science, even oh, yeah, though you I didn't would, major in those after all. So yeah, I would use hope obviously with the place I'm going now yeah exactly I would definitely use the experience that I learned from our, some yeah. of those environmental and archaeology classes that I can use for this experience which is definitely great and beneficial for me absolutely yeah that's I mean I just think you make the perfect you're, you serve as the perfect example of why there should be no shame in exploratory studies oh, no. and more and more students should do exploratory studies I can't tell you how many students I have who come in and say that they're signed up for a certain major because it's what they feel like they should do but they then they start they looking at the class yeah yeah and they're looking at the classes I'm telling them that they need to take and they're like oh that sounds awful <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so you know free yourself a little bit and let yourself explore but Caleb I'm so disappointed your last question for Stephanie wasn't which was your favorite professor like that's <laughs> that's the real information people need right now that, <laughs> Stephanie, that, you're correct who is your favorite professor oh my gosh I had so many great professors I think one of them is probably Dr. Skinner Mm -hmm. just because she was so passionate about her subject like obviously you see you have multiple professors who are like they like their subject but Dr. Skinner was so passionate about modern Russia <laughs> and she like she was like I don't know she opened my eyes to like different things that obviously I would not consider and I don't know I just loved Dr. Skinner as a professor. I think I, I think I can answer this since Andrea wasn't a professor when I was at right, ISU. You're safe. I, you're safe, I, I, I had a, pro a professor, and I don't know, Andrea, if you're uh, Dr. Hunter. Um, uh -huh. He, he t and Stephen, I don't know if you, he was there when you had been there. He taught. So he retired the year that I came in, but I okay. met him because he, he's still a president. So, so he taught middle, modern Middle East, history of modern Islam, and I, I was one of those, unlike uh, Stephanie or Andrew, the students you were talking about, I knew exactly that I wanted to go to the law school uh, when I was four or five. So I, I had a, tr <laughs> I had my track lined out. So a lot, I jumped right into a lot of my history courses, and I, he was, I had him as a sophomore, mm -hmm. and and I really didn't hear much about him. But Stephanie, he was one of those that he had no PowerPoint, uh, no uh, any kind of visuals. He walked in and he's like, all right, I'm going to lecture, and you have to write <laughs> notes. And so we start writing, and I said. I remember one of my classmates is like, well, professor, what do you want us to write about? And he said, whatever you think is important, and I think everything's important. So I had carpal tunnel after that class. But I, <laughs> I will tell you, you know, as my, I guess my two cents, I issue both the history department and really any department really does prepare you, whether it's grad school, especially being a history major, whether it's grad school, law school, uh, whether or not you're going into the workforce, um, I think it just really prepares you to be able to make that jump from college to, uh, you know, quote unquote, as I said, real life. 
Um, it, it really has helped me in my career path, and it really has helped me as I've you know got try to give back to ISU. When I try to talk to students, is that you know the history department's wonderful. Uh, you will learn not only about the past, but it will make you a better person, and which is what I feel it's done for me and it's done for the other students. Well, um, both of you, both uh, Stephanie and Andrea, I appreciate you guys taking the time to talk uh, to this old alumnus and discuss um, uh, our uh, outstanding seniors as well as kind of to highlight our, our also our outstanding faculty members. So I, I really appreciate it. And Stephanie, congratulations. I'm sorry you don't get to walk at a, a uh, real commencement this, okay. fall, this spring, but we are proud of you. Thank you very much. Congratulations, <laughs> Stephanie. So, Thank you. Um, well, join us next time on our next podcast, and uh, thank you everyone for listening. Sycamore's Making History is made possible by the support of the Indiana State University Department of History. Music provided by Tim Hawkins, programming by Steve Stofferin, and technical advice by Lori Henson and Martin Collins. Thank you for listening.